This is Science Friday. I'm John Dankosky. I don't know about you, but for years, the alarm clock in my bedroom woke me up with my local public radio station. And what voice did I hear very first thing in the morning? Every summer, the McNeil River in Alaska is filled with spawning salmon. It's an annual feast that bears in this region have come to rely on. I'm Jim Metzner, and this is the Pulse of the Planet. And it wasn't just Jim's voice that eased me out of my sleep. It was the weird and wonderful sounds that he gathered from around our planet. Maybe your memory goes back even further to his show, The Sounds of Science, where his guests included Coco the Gorilla. She's nice to be with. She's got a sense of humor. She's very warm and outgoing. And she is a gorilla. I'm Jim Metzner, and these are The Sounds of Science. Jim Metzner is one of the pioneers of science radio, making field recordings and sharing them with audiences for more than 40 years. And now this time capsule of sound he's created, his entire collection, is going to the Library of Congress. Today we're going to talk with Jim about what he's learned about the natural world from endless hours of recordings and what we can all learn from listening. We're going to hear some of his favorite recordings too, so I don't know, if you can listen along with headphones, now might be a good time to put them on. Jim Metzner, welcome back to Science Friday. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. And I just wanted to tell you to put a bookend on it. You might have wakened with my voice, but my voice puts my wife to sleep every night. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I certainly appreciated waking up to your voice all those mornings on, on Pulse of the Planet. Of all the ways that you can tell a story, Jim, why do you think sound helps us understand the world around us so well? Ooh, boy, that's, we could talk about that the whole, a whole day. That's <laughs> such a great question. How does it that sounds grab you? Where do they hit you? They certainly hit me where I live. You know, there's a voice, but then there's the sound of my mother's voice. There's the sound of something that I grew up with. It's like a sound that came in and never left. Sounds are the touchstones to our emotional world, our emotional life. So that's part of it. They also seem to trickle down, you know, as if like there was like some cave inside. The sounds trickle down and go to places where words don't go. And they tell us things. I mean, you could be listening to somebody and you can tell as much by the sound of their voice as what they are saying. I want to actually play a sound here that that I know really resonated with you. It's it's the sound of a of a parrot and a girl laughing, Jim. So, of course, I can't help but to laugh when I hear that. (laughs) Tell us about that sound. I still smile and laugh every time I hear it, this recording. So it took place in Brazil, in Bahia. I was in Bahia in the 70s. I was in my 20s. And I stumbled upon this group of young women who were all clustered around another woman with a parrot. And they're talking back and forth. And, you know, it was a serendipitous moment. I waltzed in and recorded it. And what the parrot is saying, I'm mad in Portuguese, of course. 
I'm mad at you. And the girl says, you're mad at me? Yeah, I'm mad at you. But <laughs> it's like, you know, the glee of this moment, you know, I think I could play this anywhere in the world and people would get it. There's something in that sound that just cracks everybody up. Yeah. And, and that's, as you say, it, it sort of touches a place inside you that just hearing people talk isn't going to do. The, the sound of people's laughter is something that we have a physiological response to, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet you there's something about the sound itself, sans video, that just does it. I don't think a video would necessarily help. It's the sounds that carry that, that emotion. So, so let's go back a, a little bit to the start of your series, Pulse of the Planet. It's this very popular series in which you've intertwined science and nature and culture in these really short, beautiful segments. They're on hundreds of public radio stations around the country. Do, do you have an idea of what the pulse of the planet is? Is the pulse of the planet uh, what we hear on, on the daily news every day? I hope not. Underneath is sort of the tsunamis of the news. There's something else going on. There's the seasonal rhythms of nature. The whales are migrating. The cicadas are emerging and so forth. When you said that, the thing that resonated with me is I remember being in the, in the rainforests in Costa Rica and feeling, um, I don't know what to say, it's a vibration coming from around you. And as you listen, you hear millions of insects and birds and other animals and, and people and motorbikes and the ocean waves, and they're all coming together. And it feels like this vibration of the earth. And if you think about, I mean, at least for me, the pulse is not a regular glub-dub, glub-dub that a human would have, but it's this rah, amazing vibration that's coming from everywhere. Yes, indeed. And it's many. It is diverse. It is varied. It's ever-changing. So if you were in the rainforest, you'd notice that there was a different sound at night than in the morning, of course. Uh, and you don't have to go to the rainforest to hear that. Anyone in the country or, I dare say, the city as well. Sounds morph and change moment to moment. So take us through a day of field recording. Like, what, what is it like when you go out with a microphone? What are you carrying? Does anybody come with you? Just, I know, give us a little day in a life because I, I think our listeners would really love to know how you go and capture the sounds, especially of the natural world. Okay. I, very, I rarely use the word capture. I'll tell you why in a moment, but yeah. it's, a, it's a great question. I'd remind listeners that right now, for the first time in human history, virtually every one of us is carrying a sound recording device in our pocket. Yeah. And it makes a damn good recording. Mm -hmm. And so go out today, take a sound walk, and you record the sounds. Please, listeners, try it. Whether you're you know, interviewing uh, mom or grandpa or whoever, or just the sounds of the neighborhood, go on a journey of discovery. But if I go out with a recorder, there's no typical day. No typical day. And that's the beauty of sound recording. And I tend to be a bit more inclusive. I don't go out and say, I'm going to record a yellow belly sapsucker today or whatever. I mean, if I comes across my path, then great. But I usually, rarely, sometimes, however, I do go out and search for sounds. But more often than not, whatever comes my way is grist for the mill. I, I want to play another sound that you sent along to us as one of your favorites. And this is um, a sound that is very rich and varied. It was recorded in Grampians National Park in Victoria, Australia. Let, let's listen for a moment.
Jim, what are we hearing there? Uh, so there I was in Grampians National Park, just west of Melbourne, a park that is run by indigenous peoples. It was an extraordinary place. And one of the great visuals, it had nothing really to do with the sound, but I'll just tell you because it was just so out of the ordinary. I was surrounded by kangaroos. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't making any sounds, but there they were. And then, of course, there were this, this canopy of trees and this immense textured panoply. I'm running out of adjectives to just try to describe it because words only dance around what sounds do. They do so much better than words. But I think the challenge for me and maybe other listeners too is I see that typically, honestly, I don't know how to listen to the sounds of nature. I mean, it's wondrous at moments, but you know, if we were going to sit down and listen to you know, a Bach concerto or you know, a little bit of Mozart, you could give yourself 10 minutes uh, to, for that easy, longer maybe. But for sounds, which are every bit as interesting and varied, we don't typically have that kind of training and experience. So I, I'm still learning how to listen to. And you can listen for species. Oh, that's a, that's a, a, a lyre bird, for example. Or, or you could listen in another way to, the, to this orchestration. That's so interesting the way that you just put that, Jim, though, because by contrast, if you're listening to a Bach keyboard piece, the part of the context that's important to you is you know that that this man some hundreds of years ago wrote this piece and it's been adapted and adopted and all the context of it is is also what you're listening to and for. But that sound that we just heard, we we might not know what any of the birds are that we just heard, but the sound itself clearly is is beautiful it speaks to a, a natural environment that we can potentially imagine in our minds and it's just so evocative of of something and hits us in a way that even without context i think people might think is just stunningly beautiful i think so too and just following your line of thought you could say uh you know unlike a bach who only put a year uh, a mere 10 years into it. This is the result of a million years of ev- evolution <laughs> that we're hearing right now. You know, it's been, they've been working on it for a long time. Uh, I know. They're, they're, they're finally starting to get good at it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to ask you, with all of these sounds that you've collected over all of these years, they're now going to go into the Library of Congress. I mean, it's the most basic question in the world, but how does that make you feel? That must be an, an amazing feeling to know that you've contributed so much and that people will be able to experience these sounds forever. Yes. Recording is often a solo endeavor. You go into a booth, it's a solo endeavor. You know that a lot of people are listening, but that's sort of like an idea. To know that these vibrations will be heard, that's why I don't use the word capture. These were uh, incredible gifts to me. I was extraordinarily honored to receive these sounds, to be the one who was uh, entrusted with them, and so the imperative to to share them. So how do you share them? That's in part up to the library. To me, I'm I'm writing a book about my adventures called Adventures of a Lifelong Listener. So to answer your question, you know, it's like... I mean, every time you press the red button, it's with the hope that something wonderful will happen. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And then there's that imperative, that human imperative 
the wish to share these vibrations with other sentient beings, because in the act of sharing, it's like we're all resonating again together with the environment, with the world around us. So in the act of sharing and knowing that for centuries, people will share in these uh, vibrations, it's a good feeling, but also I feel like I've, I've fulfilled my part of the bargain that I was given this material, and now I've done my best to share it in a way that hopefully will reach across the gap. I'm John Dankosky, and this is Science Friday from WNYC Studios. I'm talking with Jim Metzner, the host of Pulse of the Planet, about all the many recordings that he's made of our world. They're all going to the Library of Congress. I'd like to share one more sound that you brought us here, and I won't even set this up first. Let's just listen to to this sound that you've sent along. Right now we're covering them with blankets and sheets, one to keep the sun off them and keep them moist, and also... in some degree, help them control their body temperature. They can quickly overheat in a situation like this, so it'll keep the water on to keep them cool. Or in some cases, if they go into shock, they could start getting cold. Um, in that case, we'll use other things and put more blankets on and try to keep them warm. This is a good example, Jim, of something where if you give people just a little bit of information or no information at all, they can make up their own minds. Tell us, tell us where you recorded this sound. I was in Cape Cod some years back, just driving around listening to the radio. And there was a call out to this ad hoc network of um, seat of your pants, animal rescuers, just uh, vigilante rescuers, anybody within the sound of the, uh, the voice of the announcer to come because there was a whale, pilot whales were beaching at this particular location. I thought, well, I'm near there. I'm going to show up. And I had my tape recorder with me. So they show up. And I'm with them, and and they're trying to rescue these whales who have beached themselves for no apparent reason. One of these odd quandaries that we're still facing, why do whales beach? We really don't know. And so I joined them and saw that they were putting blankets on them to keep, just as this man was describing. And then they were trying to lift, getting blankets underneath them and, and, and stretchers, uh, that they were jury rigging and taking them out and trying to get them out swimming again. And at a certain point, I just put down my microphone and, and joined in. But for a moment, you know, to hear the sounds, to be with them, and to look a whale in the eye from close up, which I'd never had that experience before, was extraordinary. And to think that you were helping, uh, how could you not want to help them and, and feel for them? and see that the, the, all of these people with the best of intentions were trying to do the best they could uh, to help these fellow creatures. Before I let you go, Jim, quickly, I, I'd love to hear about your American Soundscapes project. It's a, it's a crowdsourced project where people can submit their own special sounds. Can you tell us about it? Thank you. Americansoundscapes.com. You can be among the first to check it out. It's in its beta form. So if you go, you'll see that there are some featured soundscapes from some professional sound recorders, some of the best sound recordists I know of. But the chance for anybody using that sound recording device that you have in your pocketbook or back pocket to go out, take that journey of discovery that we were speaking about earlier, go out and have your own journey that way and send it in. It doesn't have to be a, a, a whale rescue. It can be something as simple as the, the bells of the church in the town where you live. 
the sound that your grandfather makes whenever he picks up a heavy box, a word that only your family knows and is privy to, or whatever sounds that are in your home, your neighborhood, your environment, or in your cultural group that are significant, that are emblematic, that are significant. They can be sounds of nature or culture, but share them with us. This American Soundscape Project is an opportunity for us to share our sounds with each other. That's fantastic. Jim Metzner, thank you so much and congratulations. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Jim Metzner is a field recordist and radio producer based in Kingston, New York. His entire collection of sounds is going to the Library of Congress. But you can't listen to all of them there just yet, though. That much sound, it takes a while to upload.